Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger, put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Americanism, not globalism, will be our credo as long as we are led by politicians who will not put America first, then we can be assured that other nations will not treat America with respect, the respect that we deserve. You're listening to the voice of the future. Fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for being here on the Red Future Radio Network. Very excited to be joining you. RedFutureRadio.com, GOPJosh.com are our pages. Twitter is GOPJosh20. And that is pretty much all of our social medias. Facebook is GOPJosh. Instagram is the same as Twitter. At GOPJosh on all tech, including Telegram, T.me slash GOPJosh. So... A lot has happened over the past week, and I I missed yesterday's program. I got caught up in business, so we are going to be doing it tonight instead, this Friday edition of the Conservative Crusader, and I'm going to broadcast our new dates tonight, days that we are going to be changing our scheduled broadcast time. Uh, Starting the week of the 5th, which is next week, we're going to begin broadcasting on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's going to be the 5th, the 7th, and the 9th for programs instead of the traditional 6th and 9th, or 6th and 8th, I'm sorry, programs. Uh, on the Red Future Radio Network. Next week, the week after that, the week of the 12th, we're going to try Monday and Thursday to see how you guys like that um, schedule. And then we will go from there after that to see how you guys like the, the the bigger, more apt, more common programs or the more spaced out programs. We'll see how you guys enjoy that. Listening to the program, uh, however you are listening on the podcast, on the radio show on redfutureradio.com. So the freight rails, the, the rail strike... They were uh, the unions were threatening to go on strike against the the freight rail companies because they did not have paid sick leave. They tried seven days of paid sick leave. They currently get zero days of paid sick leave as a basis on their contract. So they were about to, to strike over seven days of paid sick leave. That's all they wanted was some paid sick leave so they can leave. And I know I'm repeating myself a lot now, but it's it's a, it's a basic thing, I believe. I don't know if the government should force it, but yeah, employers should contribute in paid sick leave. It's just basic human decency. 
and they have a right to strike. That's part of being in a union is having the right to strike. That's why you unionize. So you can get what you want from your company. And if you don't get that, you can strike. That's the whole purpose of a union. And the government over uh, overrid that, which I want to say here, if if you're a populist, if you're a left-wing or right-wing populist, pro-union populist, as, as Sherrod Brown from Ohio is, why would you vote to override the voice of the unions? Why would you vote to say unions don't have a say? That that's that's a little suspicious to me. Who is paying Manchin? Or not Manchin, I'm sorry. He he actually voted against a certain bill. But who is paying Sherrod Brown? Who is donating to his campaign to get him to side with the companies over the people? The people of the unions. He's a, he's a populist, right? And he is our number one target for 2024, him and Joe Manchin. So, so, so how is a, a working-class, populist, pro-union senator voting against the right to strike? So the Senate voted Thursday, just yesterday, to avert a freight rail strike just days before crucial drinking water, food, and energy shipments were set to be sidelined after hurried talks in both chambers of Congress and a visit to the Senate from two of President Joe Biden's cabinet secretaries. But a bipartisan push to add paid sick leave to the deal fell short. The Senate voted 80 to 15, with Senator Rand Paul voting present to pass a bill that would impose the terms of a contract negotiated among freight railroads and most of their unions in in September. Four out of the 12 unions involved have been holding out for additional paid sick days, making a strike possible as soon as the 9th of December. So Chuck Schumer overrid it. Um, Pete Buttigieg and Marty Walsh agreed with him, Labor Secretary and Transportation Secretary. Uh, During a lunch, Walsh and Buttigieg emphasized... Emphasized that the only alternative to passing the rail contract was economic calamity, according to the attendees. Um, so they tried to pass a, a bill and a, an amendment to this bill that they eventually passed to add paid sick leave to the to this the decision. The seven days of paid sick leave. And it fell short, and I believe it was 52 to 41 into a 52-41 vote for paid sick leave. What I did not expect what I did not expect in any capacity is that the Senate would vote and Joe Manchin would vote to the right of Ted Cruz. Now, I'm not kidding there. Uh, 5243, I'm sorry. Um, so <laughs> it's kind of funny here. Bernie Sanders called Ted Cruz a socialist on the Senate floor after he voted for the paid sick leave, and they, they joked together. Asked if the administration was pushing Democrats to add paid sick leave to the deal, Joe Manchin said, no, it was very clear what we have is a deal that's negotiated. It's a fair deal. Manchin was the sole Democrat present to vote against the expanded sick leave. Warnock was not present. He's back in Georgia campaigning. So so Joe Manchin, the populist, the, the pro-people, Democrat populist, that's very popular in the state, is voting against the right to take time off because you're sick. And he still voted to override the unions. So that's where we stand. Um, jo- Josh Hawley opposed forcing through the rail deal, said they didn't do this as an amendment, which they could have done because they didn't want sick leave to actually get into the bill. So that was actually a separate bill because they would not put it in an in am- amendment. Amendment only needs 51 votes. The House on Wednesday voted in favor of both the contract agreement, H.J. Res. 100, and expanded paid sick leave 119 
After progressives and leadership worked out a compromise for including the additional sick days in a way that did not threaten the passage of the contact, uh, contract agreement. You can say what you want about a, an imposing rail strike and if we should have a rail strike or not. I hope we don't. I, I really don't think we need any sort of major economy-killing strikes by any means in any capacity. But you cannot say you're a populist, as I believe I am, a, a pro-worker populist. You cannot say you are a a, a Democrat, even, at this point. A, a left-wing Democrat like Bernie Sanders, and I agree with Bernie Sanders on this issue. And I agree with Ted Cruz on this issue. If you want to override and overthrow the right of a union to strike, the pro-union side cannot be anti-union because it might hurt the economy. That's why you get on the negotiating field, you get on the picket line with them and fight for what they want. And some of the things are outrageous. I believe what the Columbus City Schools wanted was outrageous when they went on strike. But you cannot tell me that these senators could survive a job without paid sick leave. I'm a pro, I'm, I'm pro-union now, apparently. I, I'm more left-wing than Joe Manchin on this issue. And I'm not afraid to say that because a rail strike, imposing rail strike, is very bad. I completely agree with everyone there. But the right to unionize and the right to strike in a union is non-negotiable. And that's not the place of the government to, to, to interject, in my opinion. That's how the show is, in my opinion. But that's where I stand, okay? I'm sorry. That, that's, that's where I, I get off. All right, we're going to move on because I just don't want to explode my head. While we're following this, we're trying to follow here. Uh, Elon Musk said that he's going to be tweeting out the Hunter Biden story live. Uh, what actually happened was suppressing that article. He has not done that yet. So that's kind of interesting. He has he has yet to actually say, yeah, we're, we're going to do this. So we will stand. We will see where that goes. If that breaks, we will follow it here on the show. A quick story on the conservative crusader is that Hakeem Jeffries was elected the House Democrat leader in historic first. He's the first black American to lead a political party in America, a major political party. He is 52 years old. He is from New York. So that means all the Democratic leadership right now is from New York, California, and Florida. Represent a huge majority of Americans right there with those three states. He is from New York. Um, he is the minority leader when the new Congress convenes on January 3rd. Jeffrey says it's his mandate is to advance the ball for everyday Americans and get stuff done. That's what Democrats do. That's what our record says each and every day. House American or House of Democrats committed to fighting hard for working families, middle class folks, those who aspire to be part of the middle class, young people, seniors, immigrants, and veterans, the poor, the sick, the afflicted, the least, the lost, and left behind. House Democrats fight for the people. He's very well versed. His district is Brooklyn. Um... Chuck Schumer said it was a turning point in the history of the United States Congress because he's black, okay? That's why he was appointed to that position. They, they should put someone, I don't know. I, I was expecting Adam Schiff to get it, if I'm being honest. So there's that position. He is now in that position of, of leadership of the Democratic Party because Nancy Pelosi is stepping back. The House Democrats, however, voted to make her Speaker Imarena or Imnerita or something stupid to that effect. Um... I don't know if it says it in this. No, it's not in this article. But it's like Speaker Emeritus or something, like an editor Emeritus for like a newspaper. How does the House Democrat get the authority to, to do that? They're not the, the majority. We can make Newt Gingrich that position for all I care. It's a stupid position. It's an honorary position only. But Nancy Pelosi does not deserve any honor in our country's history. She has done nothing but belittle our Constitution, belittle our, our, our country, 
destroy our country, destroy our Constitution, and everything we've worked for. She deserves no position, no honorary or physical position in the U.S. government, and we should not even award her this, this fake position. That's whatever. Whatever. When we return, a House committee has Donald Trump's tax returns. Ron DeSantis is announcing a book. Christy Nome signed some executive orders. Governor Kemp has a federal PAC and more. Here on the Conservative Crusader GOP, oh, wrong button there, <laughs> gopjosh.com, redfutureradio.com, and stay tuned. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. Just now breaking <laughs> a Babylon B headline. Uh, we, we covered how Elon Musk was going to reveal the censorship of the Hunter Biden story. Elon Musk vows to reveal government and media censorship or collusion once he figures out where these red dots are coming from. The world waited eagerly for further information on the Hunter Biden laptop story suppression from Twitter owner Elon Musk, who had vowed to reveal the details of potential government collusion with the media as soon as he can figure out why he keeps seeing little red dots hovering around on his body. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I have another story to talk about really quickly. Biden, the, the president of the United States, of course, the resident, that has the lowest approval rating in history below Donald Trump. He said in a statement here, let's pull this up for you. Can we, can we play the clip? Is the clip ready? We're getting it ready. All right. The team is getting the clip ready as we speak, but, but Biden has something to the effect of he's the best president ever? The best president in United States history? I'd like to dispute that, and I'm sure many of you will as well. 57-GOP-JOSH-7, 574-675-6747. Leave a message, 574-675-6747 to leave a message for the program. My email is josh at gopjosh.com. You can find all of our social medias and everything. Support the program financially at patreon.com slash gopjosh. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot C-O-M slash gopjosh. And I believe that might have been enough time to get the clip. Let's see here. It's Fox News, so I wouldn't I wouldn't trust it. But we might have gotten the clip here on the program. Yes, we do. Thank you for your partnership. And I'm sure I'll make mistakes, but you know me. Don't hesitate to correct me when I make it. And I know you, you won't hesitate. <laughs> but I really mean it. I really mean it. Well, I tell you what, no one's ever done as much as president as this administration is doing. Period. <laughs> I am committed. So, so that's the clip. No one has ever done as much as we have. Yeah, you've done a terrible job at doing what you all have, so... Whatever, he, he's the best president ever, he's the best president at fraud ever. We have put together, I think, the most extensive, extensive and, and inclusive, inclusive voter, voter fraud organization in, 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 in the, the history, history of American, American politics. So a House committee has Donald Trump's federal tax returns from the IRS. Who cares? Okay, I don't care about his tax returns in any capacity. They have no control over me, my life, or my impact, or my support of President Trump. I support him whether or not he paid taxes. I don't care if he paid taxes. I don't care if you pay taxes. I don't want you to pay more taxes than you do already. Why would I care if you're paying taxes? House Democrats and Ways and Means Committee now have six years of Donald Trump's federal tax returns, ending a year-long pursuit, years-long pursuit by Democrats to dig into the former president's most closely guarded personal details. So, we have Letitia, Letitia James, which, by the way, one of her employees is getting fired for sexual misconduct. We have Letitia James having his tax returns through the New York side of the fight. Now we have 
the House Ways and Means Committee uh, having the tax returns on this side of the fight. Guess what? As soon as Republicans take over the majority in 2022, in 2023, this this transition period, no one's going to care. No one will care more than they do already. I don't think they do it already. But no one at any point will care about these tax returns. I never have. I don't. I don't think uh, his tax returns have any effect on mine. As long as my tax returns are clean, my my personal taxes are taken care of. I don't care about his or tax returns. I could. I could frankly care less. Uh, the handover had been on hold until the Supreme Court declined last week to intervene. Several judges, including Republican appointees, have found the House had power to request the returns from the IRS. The Treasury declined to say whether the committee members have accessed the documents, according to a Treasury official. The committee, led by Democrat Richard Neal of Massachusetts had sought six years of Trump's tax returns primarily from the time he served as president. That includes records about both Trump personally and several of his corporate entities. The panel, panel I'm sorry, is planning to meet Thursday to get briefed on the legal ramifications of the section of the tax law that Neal used to request Trump's tax returns, according to an aide for Representative Neal. This is from CNN. Democrats are not expected to review the tax returns at this session. The documents are not expected to be immediately released to the public. This is something I never understood. I've been in this this political battle, so to speak, for, for about three years now. I started the program in January of 2022, uh, 2020 uh, as the Conservative Josh Show. So if we have any of you out there, please, please send me an email. I, I'd love to just chat. Hear, hear what you thought of the first episodes, and now you're still here. But I don't care about tax returns. I don't care about Joe Biden's tax, re- tax returns. I don't care about Hillary Clinton's tax returns. I don't care about... Um, Donald Trump's tax returns, anyone's tax returns, Obama's, I don't care. They have no effect on my life, on my opinion of them whatsoever. My opinions in politics are built on three pretty exclusive factors. I care about how they stand on the issues. I care about their morals. And I care about how they like to own the left and, and, and their, their, their take on the media. If you're not going to be strong in the media... I don't want you. If you're not going to be a moral, religious person, as I believe Trump has transitioned to, I believe he has found his faith. I don't want you. If you're not going to be right on the issues of immigration, of tax policy, of economic policy in general, on social issues, I don't want you. No amount of tax returns will change that. So I I don't think it's a serious issue for the majority of Americans that Trump might not have had the cleanest tax returns. He's a businessman in New York City. You're telling me he couldn't find a great accountant to, to help him cheap out on taxes a little bit? I, I'd do the same. If he actually committed tax fraud in some ways, then maybe that's an important issue, but not to me. My issues are, are the issues that matter to the American people, and this is where I'm turning more into, more into Sherry Brown. <laughs> that's what he claims to be. I care more about putting food on the table. I care more about the issues that impact Americans' lives than I do Trump's tax returns. Just because this House committee is mad that no amount of insider trading will be able to get them as much money as Donald Trump has doesn't mean it matters to the American people. I spend a lot of time in the real world, so to speak. I spend a lot of time with average people. I have never met one person in a political discussion that said my opinion on politics determines the, uh, is determined on the person's tax returns. No one cares about tax returns. Uh, Neil's refused to say to CNN if he had possession of the Trump tax documents. Neil is the chair, obviously, saying the law strictly prohibits him from discussing the state of the returns. Earlier Wednesday, this 
congressman also declined to say if they would release any of the returns publicly. The next step is to have a meeting with the Democratic caucus. So they will be meeting with the caucus of Democrats alone without Republicans because any Republicans are the majority are going to take to, going to take the majority in the committee and no one's going to care. All right. Christy Nome, the governor of South Dakota signed an executive order about TikTok. So we've seen a lot of news in the TikTok lately. Uh, Trump obviously tried to ban the platform, ban the app because the Chinese Communist Party can watch people through the app. We know that um, if you have the app on your phone, delete it. But this is something different. This is a different take. And I'm not trying to praise um, Christy Nome in any way she doesn't deserve it, but this is actually a good bill. I believe every state needs to do the same for a national security crisis issue and a national security level. So the South Dakota Governor Christy Noem signed an executive order on Tuesday blocking the download of TikTok, a popular Chinese social media platform uh, from state devices used by South Dakota government employees, contractors, and agencies. Recently, the FBI said TikTok could pose national security concerns because of possible data collection or influence on users. Chinese policies passed in 2021 say nothing about limiting government or ruling Communist Party access to personal information. TikTok... TikTok Chief Operating Officer Vanessa Pappas, based in Los Angeles, has said that the company protects all data of American users and Chinese government officials have no access to it. Do you buy that? Okay, I don't buy anything the communist wing or the the media wing of the Communist Party of China has to say, but especially this. So an entire generation of young people, much to my demise, use the app TikTok for many different purposes. They have political discussions on there. They have um, just topical pop culture discussions on there. They have um, some content that shouldn't be seen on the internet, period, on that platform. It's it's a very wide-ranging uh, service. I, I've engaged previously in the political part of it, as many of you have probably seen. But you, you can't go out there. You can't go out there on a Chinese app and say this is perfectly safe for national security. Donald Trump, and I'm going to say this again, should have banned TikTok when he had the chance. Now, Biden's going to ban TikTok. It, it, Biden's not going to ban TikTok. Let's be honest. It can be a, a threat by Russia, and Trump would, or Biden would ban it. But knowing it's the Chinese Communist Party that could actually hurt America and actually has the threat to hurt America, we're fine. It, it's, a, it's a popular app with the young people. We know Biden doesn't want to lose the, the young Gen Z Americans that totally love him and everything like that. But it's just, it's a joke. It's a complete joke. Uh, Christy Nome, I'm not the biggest fan of her uh, politically, but this is a good measure. This is a good protective measure for her state. I'm very glad she passed it. I, I would vote for that in the, in the House if I was in the House of Ohio House and that something came up, wink, wink. I, I would vote for that. All right, we'll be going into break here in just a minute. But first, I want to tell you about Patreon again. Patreon is the best way to support the program. You get exclusive content, uh, exclusive ranks on our Discord server, which anyone can join, by the way. The link's below the show. Um, and I want to give a shout-out here to someone who's in that Discord, actually, um, who is a, a fan, a listener. I made, according to Spotify, uh, 3,757 minutes, 3,757 minutes of, of content this past year in 2022. And I thank you all for listening to every minute of that. <laughs> And I, I slightly kid. But this person, Boeing747, and I hope I have permission to say this. I'm sure they're going to listen. So I hope they have permission to say their their uh, tag on here. Listen to the program for 10,059 minutes. Can we give a round of applause for that? 10,000. 
and 59 minutes by one person. That's three times the amount of content we made this month, this year. So I thank you, I thank you, I thank you for listening and hopefully rating five stars and enjoying the content. We put a lot of work into it. Red Future Radio, GOPjosh.com. This isn't a word for me. It's for all of us here at Red Future Radio, Sam McGuire, all of us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. Hey everyone, it's Joe P. Josh. We can only keep the Conservative Crusader podcast or, or program that you're listening to right now on the air with your support. We have recently launched a Patreon program where you can support us here at Red Feature Radio for as little as $3 a month. You can find that at patreon.com slash Josh. You can also support the program at anchor.fm slash the Conservative Crusader for as much or as little as you'd like to give. This program will remain free and financial support is not required or expected anything to keep us on the air helps. Thank you, folks. And now, back to the Conservative Crusader. Hi, I'm Joseph Bausch, CEO of Hydra Communications and the American Perspective. The American Perspective is a new, trustworthy news and opinion organization with the information that you crave. You should visit americasperspective.us to read the news, our analysis, and watch our great lineup of talk shows. Again, that's americasperspective.us, and I'll see you there. This is The Conservative Crusader. So, um, we're going to do a couple more stories tonight, and then we're going to head out early. It is the weekend, a beautiful weekend. Hope you all spend it with your family and have fun. Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida is seen as a popular Republican to run for president in 2024. Whether you like him or not, I don't care for him. And that's going to get a lot of people to tune out right there. (laughs) I should have said that so early into the segment. But I'm not the biggest fan of Ron DeSantis. He's just, he's weak on a lot of the important issues, the issues that matter to me as as a young person. Trump is good on those issues. Ron DeSantis, not so much. And the clearest signal yet that Ron DeSantis is preparing to run for the presidential nomination for the Republican Party in 2024 it was announced on Wednesday that the right-wing governor of Florida would publish a campaign-style book mixing memoir with policy proposals. The Courage to be Free, Florida's Blueprint for America's Renewal, will be published by Broadside Books, a conservative imprint of HarperCollins, on the 28th of February. The governor, as publisher said, would offer readers a first-hand account from the blue-collar boy who grew up to take on Disney and Dr. Fauci. Now, one of the, the basis, so to speak, to run for president is to write a book to prepare a committee, to make an uh, exploratory committee, which DeSantis has like six of those independently ran, and to win the nomination, obviously. Ron DeSantis has done three of those already, (laughs) so he's going to run. Yeah, so I would have previously said that Ron DeSantis will not be the best governor anymore after 2022, after the midterms, because he wouldn't have been. Carrie Lake would have been better, Doug Mastriano would have been better than Ron DeSantis on all the issues. But... They didn't win. Now, Kerry Lake won, if, if the fraud is accounted for and the um, voter suppression is accounted for, she won. Doug Mascherano did not, obviously. But but Kerry Lake won. I hope she runs for vice president with Donald Trump. I really do. She'd win bigly. That'd be a great ticket. All right. Ron DeSantis cannot run. Not right now, not in this year. And I want to play a clip why. This is a mother who is in Florida who has had family affected by January 6th. 
I want you to hear this clip. As oh, soon as it wants to look. We need to stand up and fight, and we're going to. Right. Thank you so much for everything you've done. We really, truly appreciate you. Thank we you. appreciate Marjorie Taylor Greene, yeah. Julie Kelly, Donald Trump, everyone that has spoken out. There aren't enough of them that are speaking out. Yeah. I'm in, from Florida. No one in Florida, Governor DeSantis hasn't reached out to us. Say that again. Governor DeSantis has not reached out to us. Our local representatives, nothing. Nobody has helped us. We need help. Please and thank you very much for your support. Really appreciate you. So I believe her husband, if I'm reading the comments right and understanding what she's saying, uh, her, her husband was prisoned for his involvement on January 6th. So why would Ron DeSantis, why would even Matt Gates? I don't know who her local representative was, but why why would these these people not support January 6th protesters? They were incarcerated for being on Capitol grounds. Why? And if I'm reading right from uh, Alan Bershowitz from the X Strategies in the comment section, uh, calling a hurting wife whose husband is being denied cancer treatment. So he's supposedly being denied cancer treatment for this process. This guy cannot be present. In, in no way, shape, or form has he shown up for the base. Shown up for conservatives. The people listening to this program today. He has not shown up for you. In any capacity. He has not supported January 6th protesters. He has not supported outside of, of weak lockdown policy once he saw the writing on the wall. I believe Ron DeSantis saw the fraud that's going to happen. He's friends with Kemp. In Georgia, he knew that was going to happen. He knew that a big downfall was going to happen with Donald Trump. And he said, I'm going to get in on that. I'm going to I'm going to unlock down my state. That's when it happened. It really did. So he he's in it for himself in every capacity. And if you're a Republican voter in the state of Florida or anywhere and you think, you know who I want for president? I want the young guy that's maybe homosexual. <laughs> that, that, that's done nothing for me. He's done nothing I mean, he's a good culture warrior. Maybe in 2028, if no one else better comes. But Donald Trump has some grievances to end. And it's his place. And DeSantis are being propped up by the establishment in every capacity, and I just can't have that. I can't have that in my America. The first vote I will cast will be in 2024, in either the primary or the general, depending on Ohio law. I will not be wasting that vote on Ron DeSantis. If he's the nominee, I might, but as of right now, absolutely not. All right, so two people have launched federal committees, actually three, but we're not going to get into Mr. Um, Dr. Oz. I want to watch this video with you, live react of this 33-minute video, not 33, three-minute video from Larry Hogan. I'm going to probably end it early. Oh, it's a documentary-style video. We're going to quiet that down here. I'm going to kind of monitor it in the background while we continue talking, but he is supposedly announcing a run for president in one capacity or another. Oh, I guess someone's talking. I don't know who it is. What propels it? What encourages it? And how do we actually... Alright, it's a terrible ad. I'm not going to show this to you. I'm not going to make you suffer through this ad. Um, he's just talking. Um, he's just talking about how he had no chance to win, no chance to win, and now he's he won. He's going to run for president. Larry Hogan is literally Joe Biden on the issues in every capacity. Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, whoever you want to call. He, he's a Democrat 
in Republican clothing. He is a wolf in sheep's clothing. You can't tell me, I'm sorry, this man is a Republican in any capacity. He is popular with the Reaganites, the neocons, the warmongers, the establishmentarians. He would be perfect. Now, could you imagine here who could get the base out the least? Imagine this ticket in Ohio. You got Larry Hogan for, for president, Charlie Baker for vice president, who is from uh, Massachusetts. And then you have Frank LaRose for Senate. Could you imagine trying to get the base out for that? Larry Hogan, Charlie Baker, and Frank LaRose, three peas in a pod. Absolutely disrespectful to our country. So Larry Hogan released a, a pack. He's announcing a pack, and he's going to announce a, pre- a run for president probably after the new year, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. Republicans, don't get fooled. Don't be fooled by this man. And I'd like to also talk about maybe next week on the program a guy running in Kentucky who is no more a Republican than Hillary Clinton. He backs Hillary Clinton every way, every step of the way. And he's running to be treasurer, I believe, of Kentucky. We'll talk about that later in the month. So Brian Kemp, the governor of the great state of Georgia, has launched a federal PAC has filed paperwork with the Federal Election Commission to create a hardworking Americans, Inc., a federal pact that will allow Republicans to boost his national profile, Axios has learned. So Brian Kemp uses this money to support candidates like Blake Masters, uh, Doug Mastriano, um, Jeremy Majewski, those left behind by the establishment. This is a good move. If Brian Kemp uses that money to back people like uh, let's see here, Brian Kemp and Charlie Baker and Larry Hogan and um, Dave McCormick and these people from Dave McCormick from Pennsylvania. I don't want it, and Republicans don't want it. If he uses it as a primary um, primary funder for neocons, for people that support him on the issues, absolutely not. No. If he uses it to back Republicans... And unite the party in the general. Absolutely, yes. So we'll see where that goes in the future with this pack. Um, I don't trust Brian Kemp in any capacity. In any capacity. Um, this is the last program before... I guess we'll have one more, but this is pretty much the last program to... You know, before the general, uh, general runoff in Georgia. Votes for Herschel Walker. Georgia Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan on CNN said he waited in line for an hour to vote today but couldn't bring himself to cast a ballot and left without voting. He said Herschel hasn't shown up or hasn't shown he wouldn't be Trump's puppet. Let's see if I can find this clip for you. Um, let's go here. Waiting and, uh, you know, it was right, let's, let's start I showed beginning. up to vote this morning. I was one of those folks who got in line and spent about an hour waiting. And, uh, you know, it was the most disappointing ballot I've ever stared at in my entire life uh, since I started voting. You know, I had two candidates that I just couldn't, couldn't find anything that, that made sense for me to put my, my vote behind. And so I walked out of that, that ballot box uh, showing up to vote but not voting for either one of them. So you didn't vote. Uh, I showed up to vote this morning. That is the current Republican backed by Brian Kemp as your lieutenant governor in Georgia. Remember that when Brian Kemp goes on a national stage and says, I love America and I support Republicans up and down the ballot. Yet his lieutenant governor that I'm pretty sure he appointed 
would not vote for Raphael Warnock or Herschel Walker. Disgusting. Disgusting behavior from a supposed Republican. Are you kidding me? Here's a better audio. Let's see if there, he was on another show. This is a minute long. I don't want to play a minute long. But let's play this clip, actually. As you know, so given that, does Herschel Walker have your endorsement? Yeah, I think it's interesting to watch the statistics. AARP came out with a, a poll today uh, that the AJC ran that 5147, which is still within the margin of error, breaking towards Warnock. Uh, and I think there's, you know, a little bit surprising. It feels like the Delta should be more than that. But I think it's one, Governor Kemp came out strong on Saturday in support of Herschel Walker, which obviously he, he's done well. But also, Donald Trump failed in his announcement, right? It just seems like a national dud. And uh, if it would have been a success and it would have been And, the and by the, the way, town, I don't think he was wrong there. I believe the announcement that Trump uh, made wasn't what he expected it to turn out to. I think you would have seen... Uh, Herschel Walker maybe have a little bit tougher time uh, c- keeping it as close as it is. But another interesting s- statistic, yeah. uh, 5439 is the in- independence in that same poll uh, for Warnock. And I think this is a turnout game. If we can get folks to turn out, uh, and like I said, I've been critical throughout this whole process. I just felt like, uh, you know, Herschel Walker had a hard time getting my attention as a rock solid conservative you know, <laughs> just because he was famous <laughs> and just because. I-, I laughed so loud the mic cut out. As a rock-solid conservative. Let's play that again. Getting my attention as a rock-solid conservative. Are you kidding me? That, that's enough for the show. That's, that's no, a great he was comedy bit to end Don- the show. We had, we had a Babylon B at the beginning of the second segment. A Babylon B article. But this, this is better. This is actually a better clip here than, than the Babylon B. Well, Trump supported him wasn't enough to get my respect or my vote. So then he didn't vote for Brian, or I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Mr. Walker. Whatever, dude. Get out of politics. And Brian Kemp should go with him. I wish David Perdue would have won that primary, but that's that's disappointing. Majorly. Bigly disappointing. But until next time, my friends, next Monday, we're going to do a program Monday, Wednesday, and Friday the next week to see how it works out for us, see if we can manage it. I hope we can. But until next time, my friends, my name is GOP Josh. This is a conservative crusader on the Red Future Radio Network, redfutureradio.com, no matter what they try to tell you, redfutureradio.com, gopjosh.com for this program, specifically t.me slash gopjosh for the important updates, patreon.com slash gopjosh to support us financially, twitter.com slash gopjosh20 for our tweets, facebook.com slash at gopjosh for our Facebook page, I believe it's at gopjosh. And anything else you can find is on my website as well, gopjosh.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the program. And December is going to be a great month. Hope you saw the new rebrand. Hope you like it. If you don't like it, let me know. If you do like it, please let me know. If you don't like it, don't let me know. My name is Joby Josh, Red Feature Radio Network. See you all tomorrow. Not tomorrow, Monday. It's been a long week. See you guys next time and stay tuned. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. 